coming up. This is where the law stops and the podcast starts. Stallone, Cobra, 1986. Wow. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey, listener. Welcome to episode 257 of the Magnificently Huge podcast. This is Chris. This week, along with Eric and Brian, your other fabulous co-hosts, we're going to talk about Cobra, the 1986 Sylvester Stallone magnum opus cop movie that, uh, well, you may or may not remember. It's just weird. Uh, But just remember that back in 86, Stallone was arguably the uh, biggest star on the planet. I mean, he'd done Rocky, Rambo, Rhinestone, but forget Rhinestone. uh, But those other two killed it at the box office. But uh, how do you follow that kind of iconic success, you know? Well, uh, you make an ultra-violent cop movie with good old canon films, and you call it Cobra. Uh, I mean, it's just, that's what you do. It's an unbelievably mindless and blatant rip on... uh, well, the equally proto-fascist Dirty Harry with Clint Eastwood. Uh, but it's about a rogue cop who takes the law into his own hands and kills a bunch of wackadoodle domestic terrorists that go on some murder rampage in the city. Uh, I mean, there might be an actual story buried in there somewhere, but who cares? You got Cobra. Uh, it's got car chases, gunfights, explosions, uh, Stallone dropping one-liners like he thinks he's Schwarzenegger or something. I mean, it's just astonishing. Uh, but basically, we watched it again uh, after decades, and it's kind of like watching a parody of every 80s tough guy flick cranked to 11. I mean, it's just, you, you think Expendables is stupid? Uh, you can see the genesis of that in Cobra. It's just astonishing. So that's kind of where we're uh, attacking it from. Like, he took everything that he didn't get to do for Beverly Hills Cop before he was uh, removed from that project and uh, made this thing, Cobra, uh, from 1986. It's just super violent super dumb uh we just have a lot to say about it because it's just astonishing that it's managed to have legs almost four years later so yeah if you like what you hear send us your hate mail to magnificenthuge at gmail.com you can reach us on twitter on facebook on instagram you can uh you know give us uh all your thoughts and prayers at our website maghuge.com uh etc etc anyway you know the drill watch the the movie listen to the show uh, send us everything that you think about what we said, and we will love you for it. Uh, until then, we leave you with uh, Cobra. So now that I have COVID, I could do really great impressions. You want to hear it? Yeah, do it. Go. All right, here goes. Okay, who's this? <laughs> Mary and Cobretti. <laughs> that, yeah. That. That, no, that was former UN Secretary Kofi Annan. Okay, let's try this one. Oh, I was going to say Kissinger. That's Kissinger. That's Kissinger, Henry yes. Kissinger. Yes, yes. Now, who's this? I am Dilla. I am Dilla. Rambo? That's Rob Schneider making fun of Sylvester Stallone. Oh, no that doubt. In in. Dread. You guys are this three is where for the law stops. five. I'm not sure. 
I don't know. Yes, basically. Yeah. Well, every, I think uh, every, every stuff he knows sounds like <clears throat> Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, I was going to say this is an all COVID episode, but Brian got over his already, and Rick. I'm on the tail yep. end. But Eric is knee deep in COVID yeah. right now. It's it's more like so, just a bad cold now, but oosh. it's 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 good stuff. Uh, all right, so it's the magnificently sick podcast. Yeah, yeah, My name really. is Brian. I'm Chris. I'm Ulb. Uh, otherwise known as Eric. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So Brian, you'd never seen Cobra before. You'd avoided it for what thirty-seven years, something like that. Yeah. Thanks for that. Hey, no problem. Uh, here's the genesis of the show. Like we half the time we don't know what we're doing until like a week before we do the show. That's just how we roll. I I was just flipping through movies and I thought, what's the dumbest thing I can watch that I haven't seen yet? And, and I almost picked which uh, is yeah. That's your it, it, it's it's terrifying actually how often your choice of the movie for us to watch starts with. I know I always make them watch something stupid. Maybe I'll do that again too. Also, as well now. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, never, we all what's got the our best stick. movie I could have everybody watch. No, 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 no. What is worse than yeah, like what well, I've had them watch before? Well, here's the deal. I had never seen The Last Dragon, and I thought it'd be like a bucket list thing. But I started watching that shit, and I'm like, no, I am out. I think I made it like yeah. ten minutes in. I'm like, I can't even make them do this. Fuck that. Uh. But then I also saw that Cobra had come up on <laughs> HBO Max, and I thought, oh shit, I barely remember this movie. Uh, I think I just, I want to watch that, and we'll just, you know, this will be the impetus. And so I, that's why I threw that out there. So uh, first up, uh, like I usually do on these instances, I apologize for this selection. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it's always held a really weird place in my heart. Uh, it's just a very particular specific uh 80s uh, flashpoint 1986 as long uh, as long as yeah. we had to watch it anyway i accept your apology <clears throat> and i am really looking forward to finding out what your connection is to this film because to me there isn't even enough to be like like sar- well, to, to sort of sarcastically slag on it you know i mean like there's well, some he, movies that are so oh, bad man. you can mst3k them yeah this is well, like paper thin yeah, yeah. No, well, no. I felt like I could MST3K this just fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of was in real time. Well, because this movie sucks, well, people. Here's the thing. Do not watch Cobra. Yeah. Well, here's Let's the start thing. there. Uh, first off, it made like 160 million worldwide when it came out. It was like the the 15th most popular movie of '86. <laughs> uh, it came out a week after Top Gun, and yet it still managed to make a shit ton of money. But here's why it always uh, holds a fascination for me because it also came out right around the same time as Schwarzenegger did a movie called Raw Deal, which is what he made right before Predator. Uh, and it was when he and Stallone were sort of battling it out for, like, who's the top dog action hero uh, of the 80s. And Raw Deal just tanked. Uh, but that's not why I like it. I like that because Cobra and Raw Deal each singularly have my favorite lines from either one of these assholes in any of their movies. Uh, but they're both <laughs> so forgettable otherwise. Uh, so in Raw Deal, it's Schwarzenegger uh, uh, saying, don't drink and bake. It's still my favorite line of his. Uh, and then in Cobra, it's... Yo, Freddy, do you know you have an attitude problem? Yeah, but it's just a little one. Yeah, but it's just a little one. And then he like walks off. That always made me laugh. 
But I don't remember anything else about this movie, and so I thought, hey, let's revisit. Oh, I did not remember. Yeah. Or the like the end, like his like his like audition for Drudge Dread, like uh, fifteen years later. This is where the law stops, and I start. Sucker. Does anybody have some Drudge Dread? Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so I come at I come into this cold, cold, cold. Right. I have I know nothing. You didn't. Oh, actually, before we do that, Chris, we should give the. We should give the production history of how this movie became yes, a movie. which is the other reason. that's probably the yeah. most interesting thing about which it. Which is really the only reason I, I truly wanted to talk about it. Because it's just, it's so weird. Like, as we talked, we did a Beverly Hills Cop show a while ago. Uh, and the, part of the genesis of Beverly Hills Cop was before Eddie Murphy came on, Stallone was attached. So it was like, after First Blood, so early 80s, Stallone gets attached to this uh, ostensible action comedy called Beverly Hills Cop, uh, he decides to rewrite the entire script to fit his deal, and he gets rid of all the humor and just makes the super action-y, violent uh, deal and adds so many set pieces to it that Paramount's like, no, that's too expensive, later. And then they went back and got Murphy. Probably also worth pointing out for those who aren't hip to it is that Sylvester Stallone kind of had the same career trajectory as William Shatner in that he was exceedingly full of himself and had no sense of humor until he did. So yeah. like the Sly Stallone you know <laughs> now is not the Sly Stallone of the 80s. Yeah, that yeah. guy no. was a fucking mess. Yeah, a total egomaniac. <laughs> this, 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 is like, this is the guy all the parodies that you've seen yeah. of shitty egotistical action stars actually was. Like it was hard to watch this and not think I was watching a parody. Well, he, it really well, was. Well, here's the deal. He, uh, he basically uh, took all the bits that he had started for his version of Beverly Hills Cop and repurposed them into Cobra, which is basically about a rogue cop who takes the law into his own hands and kills a bunch of white supremacists, whatever, whatever. Uh, it's, they don't even establish yeah, them as white supremacists. It's, it's not yeah, even that well. I mean, anyway, the, the, keep going. The, but the whole movie is just basically one shoot him up, bang him up, kill him up, explosion-y uh, ride from start Boringly to Boringly done. It, like, yeah. the same setup each time. I mean, the yeah. same way, like, you think John Wick is one-sided. This is nothing. Yeah, yeah. This is like, it's, I'm not yeah. even really going to put much, I'm going to shoot, and you're going to fall, and I'm going to shoot, yeah. and you're going to fall, and I'm going to shoot, it's, and you're going to Because it's fall. a canon movie. That should tell you everything you need to know. Golden Globe has put up the money uh, for this Stallone vanity project, and then they got the, from the director of Rambo: First Blood Part Two, George P. Cos- Cosmatos, Cosmatos yeah. who is Which, sort of who's sort of like the the you know the the stand-in whore for uh, Stallone, you know, yeah, like a number of times. Is, He's the director you hire when Stallone wants to direct but doesn't want to put his name on it. Yeah, basically, he'll do uh, he's told. <laughs> yeah, basically, Stallone directed Rambo: First Blood Part Two and Cobra, uh, but Cosmatos has his name on it. An interesting note is that when Tombstone went sideways, Kirk and Kurt Russell basically had to take it over. Yeah. Uh, Stallone said to him, hey, hire this guy and you can do whatever the fuck you want. And that's what they yeah. did. And so Kurt Russell, Russell really directed mm-hmm. Tombstone. Yeah. And by, by all accounts between these movies and that, Tombstone is such a better movie. Kurt Russell is the shit, man. Like Tango yeah. and Cash is a, a suck-ass movie top to bottom it's just trash but each one of these guys uh makes a totally different type of movie and it's just astonishing but anyway uh but where cobra falls in line for me is is if you look at stallone's 80s output like he's done the rocky movies 
Rocky 1 and 2. He's a big, huge star. But the 80s are so weird to me. Because if you take away Rocky and Rambo, he's got nothing. He's got absolutely nothing. He follows up. Yeah. Uh, so he starts... A- Stop or my mom will shoot. Right? Yeah, like, like, like the 90s are terrible. <laughs> but he starts the 80s with Nighthawks, which is decent. But it's him and Billy Ray, or Billy D. Williams, uh, as a team-up. And Rucker Howell is your baddie. So it's decent. Uh, but then he does Rocky Three. Then he does First Blood, Rambo, which is a very solid movie, uh, even though the rest suck. Then he does Staying Alive. He decides to write, produce, and direct the, f- the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, oh, which God. is like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? That well, Rocky Oscar thing really went to his head. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> part of his problem also is that Stallone's big accomplishment with Rocky was uh you know that he wrote the screenplay and so he yeah. had to basically keep playing off of that right i'm a writer guy yeah, yeah. so so it's like yeah. his whole career is full of bad films that he also wrote yeah which nobody is basically, cares about driven except he yeah. wrote it but that's the thing about the 80s so he co-wrote first blood he he writes produced directs staying alive then he does uh he, a writer on rhinestone a romantic comedy he did with dolly parton about western Cowboys sing. I don't know what the fuck's up. It with was that okay. One. It that was uh, Pygmalion. Yeah, you know, the the My Fair Lady story. <clears throat> only it's I bet you can't teach you know some asshole in New York to be a country western star. There you and go. if you can't, then uh, I get to fuck you. Says guy to uh, Dolly Parton. So okay. Dolly Parton has to make Sly Stallone a country western singer. Wow. Otherwise, she has to give him those big big titties. Yeah. Anyway, rhinestone tanks for obvious reasons. So then he does the sequel to Rambo, First Blood Part Two. He's also a writer on that. Basically, Ghost directed it, as we've mentioned. Then he does Rocky Four, writer, director, boxing choreographer. I mean, he's just got his sticky little hands on everything. Then he does Cobra, which is like this proto-fascist, dirty, hairy ripoff that's so obviously a proto-fascist, dirty, hairy ripoff that it's like it's shameless. But there's yeah. no. It, there's no subtlety to it whatsoever. Like you can watch Dirty Harry and you're like, wow, that's a bit over the top. But Clint Eastwood still has a certain panache. It's like I even though the message of Dirty Harry is totally opposite to everything I agree with, it's still a fun movie to watch because of Eastwood's charisma. Stallone's got well, none of that. And Cobra's just like, fuck well, you, man. Well, see, the thing no, I mean the thing is even okay, Magnum Force is the movie I think of, which is mm-hmm. where you have cops who are you know uh, killing people uh, right. as as vigilantes, and so they think you know uh, uh, Detective Callahan, natural ally, and he's not into it. And they have dialogue where he explains, no, this is why you are wrong, and you know it, it sort of shows the subtlety. I'm not, I'm not you know the 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 executioner of the streets. I am right, doing right. my job, but this is why I'm different than from what you're doing. This literally is i i am here to take out the trash he is the member of the zombie squad zombie whatever squad, that yeah, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, which they, apparently they call the cobra when they want to kill somebody yeah. right the cops right yeah. because yeah. the cops can't just kill people when they have to no that's why they have guns yeah. but no apparently they have a zombie squad which is guy we call in to not arrest people and yeah. then we're yeah, supposed they, to believe he is somehow different from the people who are like you know we're we're, we're just Okay, no, no, no. Let me let me back it up even further. The bad guys are psychotic killers who are, for some reason, worried about a witness. 
Why? Because yeah. she's going to ruin their investments. I don't <laughs> I mean, get it. It's plot. It's plot. Okay. It's okay. Okay. Let They're me let me go here because this people. This is this is my whole my whole beef. This is this is Sylvester Stallone versus Jason basically because the the bad guys have no motivation. It is never explained. It is never even attempted to be explained why they would kill anybody. Ra- nevertheless. Why they are randomly just killing anybody they encounter yeah. between where they are standing and the person they were also trying to kill. Like, they just, they just kill. That's for no reason, which, period. Which I'm fine with. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm okay with that completely because it worked in RoboCop. My problem yeah. is then the police going, we've got, we don't know who's doing, we don't know what's going, we don't have a, what, fuck you. You don't know yeah. what's going on. Are you kidding? It's crazy people. Okay. They're chopping up crazy people. Don't act like this is some kind of master, like, like criminal plot. Yeah. But, but by the end of the movie, I'm pretty sure Stallone has killed a lot more people than the killers <laughs> yeah. that they were hunting. Well, yeah. He is, his body count has got to be higher than, than the psycho Well, I mean, they, s- they set it up with, uh, with the opening deal, which is the, the crazy dude takes over the grocery store. <laughs> the fruit murderer, yeah, I call him. Yeah, <laughs> who's just got a shotgun and he's just like shooting everything. And then there's like the whole scene. in a grocery yeah. store. Isn't he the guy from uh, The Naked Gun who like comes to kill uh, Priscilla Presley in the shower and starts singing along with her? Oh, he I is. have no idea. That's that same it, actor. It could be. But, uh, but it, they set it up where he's basically just stone cold crazy. But for some reason, the cops can't go in and get him. Uh, yeah. Even though he's one dude with a shotgun, and then he like, and the chum how evil he is. They like get a one of the hostages and says, "You can go." And then like basically, as the guy's running off, he shoots in the back with a shotgun because he's evil. No, no, no. They show us how evil he is before he even takes the hostages <clears throat> because he drives his motorcycle and he parks and in the handicapped spot. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes <laughs> yeah. Store. So shorthand for oh, this is a bad evil, guy. Evil. Yeah. Uh, so so like helicopters flying all over the place. They can't get anybody. So call in Cobretti. Call in Cobra. And so here comes Stallone, like racing in in his 1950 Mercury, like coupe, which is actually Stallone's yeah, car yeah. with the license yeah. plate "Awesome 50, 50 on it's it. Like, Fuck you! Yeah. I see that on the street. I'm keying that fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? I'd say it's that's just like. Probably my second favorite part of the movie, though, is just the car. That is a <laughs> yeah. badass car. I mean, it's, it's got, fun. It's got moon disc rims. I mean, that's fucking tight. Yeah, but Never this is how, the movie. Great but, car. But, oh, yeah. but this is this is how you know you're watching what could very well be the best parody of an '80s action movie ever. Is because he just blows yeah. into the parking lot and like like almost doing donuts. He's going so fast. It's like he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and it's like and it reminds me of the opening uh, of Speed when Keanu Reeves. And uh, Jeff Daniels show up on the scene and like just his Jeep thing, just inexplicably just full tilt barreling over the hill just for no reason whatsoever is the introduction. I mean, it's like they 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 sort of capture that moment and it's like that's just 80s movie to a T. So then Cobra gets up and then he obviously has uh, issue with the the authority figures in charge before they send him in. Yeah, it's like, fuck (laughs) you, who who happened who just happened to bear a strong physical resemblance to Judge Reinhold and uh, Den- was it France? What's the guy's name from? Oh, from Billy Scott. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. All of all of the all of the annoying other cops just happen to look a lot like the ones in Beverly Hills yeah. Cop. But anyway, well, I love it. Like, and it, and um, then his partner is Rini Santoni, uh, who basically is just like, yeah, whatever. But then the but the weird layer 
is that Rini Santoni was uh, the partner who was forced upon Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry in the first Dirty Harry movie. It's like, what and is the going guy he on? Punches in the, face, the guy he punches in the face is the bad guy from the first Dirty Harry movie. Yeah. It's like, that what the fuck is going bus. on? Yeah. So it's almost like this thing is a parody of Dirty Harry and Death Wish and all of that they're shit. They're trying to but drive like, home. We really want to be another Dirty Harry. Yeah. But it's just like they're, they're, they're yeah. But it's it's not they're they're serious. Oh, like I keep I keep watching this going. It. This has got to be a joke. Here's yeah. the but thing. They're serious. Here's the thing though. They could have done it if they had just hired a writer and said, yeah. "Look, and let's let's like have things happen that make sense that have reasons." And well, instead, it's all shot like an MTV 1980s music video. Yeah, where it's all oh, yeah. style, no substance. I'm watching this thing the first ten minutes, going, "Why am I seeing what I'm seeing? Why yeah. did this have to be the most important thing for you to shoot right now? A yeah. bunch of guys in an empty pool, clinking axes together. Why? Just yeah. why? Because and, they don't need no education. I think. And it goes on I, like I, that. Yeah. We now have this so other dumb. shot of this motorcycle. Why? Yeah. We have this shot of this boot stepping up through. Yeah. You know, yeah. Why? It's this bad music video. Yeah. But yeah. They're, they're not even choices. Yeah. They're like they're like but, shit to get done today. It was. But yeah. Oh. But I'm glad you brought up the MTV aspect of it because here's my favorite thing about Cobra the movie is that Stallone shows up. He's got those mirror aviator shades. And he never fucking takes mm-hmm. him off, even when he's inside a grocery store that has no lighting. It's like, what are you doing? It's almost like Stallone just looked at Schwarzenegger in Terminator and said, oh, I could totally pull that off. I could be Terminator. Uh, yeah, he does take him off. Eventually. But, whatever. Well, but it's the matchstick. He's chewing yeah, on yeah. a matchstick. Yeah. Uh, it's hanging out of his mouth like a cigarette. And, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, he's going to have that the whole movie. Yeah. I bet. I said to my wife, I said, I bet there's a love scene and he's got the fucking matchstick in his mouth. Yeah. And he does take the matchstick out of his mouth right before the kiss for the love scene, which doesn't actually happen. Well, but, well, but to, and to her credit, I had, yeah, that, I had he's chewing on the, that matchstick. I had a thought in the, in the, um, <laughs> in the store, and he's got the matchstick, he's got the aviator, he's got the thing. And he's like sort of hopping, hop running through the frozen foods aisle. He's doing right. this weird kind of sideways kind of, I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you remember what I mean? He couldn't just run forward. He couldn't was, like, like move silently. He had to do this sideways kind of putt. <laughs> like he was in sugar and plum And as he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As he's doing it in the mirror shades and the tight jeans and the leather jacket, I'm hearing Oh, well, it would be nice if I could touch your body. If I could touch your body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good one. Yeah. Good one. Well, I mean, he's in the grocery store. This is how you also know he's a tough guy, is that uh, he's hiding behind a, a like a, a shelving in an aisle, and there's a like a display of like warm Coors beer. It's not even in a cooler. It's just stacked Coors beer six pack. Yeah, I, I wrote that yeah. down. And he, like, takes like, one of the cans and why? cracks it, and then, and, like, takes a sip. I'm like, dude... That is the grossest. I don't know if you've ever had Coors beer, but it's disgusting anyway. Yeah. But when it's not cold, like, it's like vomit. Yeah. It's like, dude. <laughs> so that's a good opportunity for me to just say that the, they utterly suck at product right? placement, right? They did that with the Coors where he, first of all, he's going to throw it at the guy. It would, it would make much more of an impact if he didn't crack it open. But okay, no, we're going to just, yeah, underline warm beer, warm Coors yeah. beer. Ugh. There's, there's like because huge sorry, Pepsi but- product placement. No, let, let me get this one done. <laughs> but there's there's a big neon Pepsi right? sign in his apartment yeah. building yeah. so that it can be in the background of a fight scene, which is immediately followed by a really well done product placement shot of a Coca-Cola classic 
which is followed in the very next shot by a Royal Crown Cola sign that's, that's you, prominent that's in the next scene. That's like, how you do it. They, you just fuck up the product placement. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I... I, um, now I was just thinking that the idea that he would have a sip of the beer in the store during the tense hostage moment was uh, another holdover from Beverly Hills Cop. See, not a serious guy. This isn't a big deal to him. He's yeah. he's clowning around. He's having a beer on the because he's just you know because this is not a this, he's he's not yeah. serious about this. And I think there was like that had to be one of the notes. How do we how do we make him not take this very seriously? Not be threatened yeah. Bef- by this. Yeah, before uh, he, uh, he like totally. Yeah, before he totally stabs the guy yeah, in the gut then, and then shoots him in the head. Yeah. Ah, okay. He spins. Uh, he, he, he spins on the guy. Comes out of the door. Has a gun on bad guy, right? And says or something. And so the guy then turns and sees him. So in, instead of like just sort of de-escalating the situation or or killing him, just ending it. It's like, okay, so now I'm standing here. Okay, so now he sees, so now I will put gun away so that I can sneak knife to throw him with, so that I could then pull out the gun and shoot him anyway. Yeah. It's like a bunch of stuff that happened only so that he could show what a smart ass he is with a knife. <laughs> well, it's that, also so yeah. you could show, it's you show you can show uh, more close-ups of that like pearl handled fucking nine millimeter with the Cobra etching on the handle. It's like, ugh. Yeah. And when you watch that too, then, and I, and I looked this up, and this is part of uh, the info about that, like a part of its legacy, is that, uh, what's his name? William Rendig Reffin or whatever, the guy that made Drive, is a huge fan of Cobra. And so is Ryan Gosling. And that's why, why? and that's why in Cobra, why? Ryan Gosling, like, chews the toothpick. It's the matchstick, and he has the Cobra on the back of his jacket. It's like lifted straight from Cobra, oh so that's God. like the legacy. It's like, fuck, you're taking all uh, the wrong lessons, dude. Yeah. Wrong lessons. But, I, yeah. but the grocery scene uh, is where you get the first uh, big line, we're, crime is the, dis- the disease, and I'm the cure. And then, bam, bam, he's dead. Movie starts. Yeah. Alright, so we've been talking about the first five minutes of the movie, and we've talked about everything that's <clears throat> wrong with it. Yeah. And I'm exhausted, right? Yeah. <laughs> because then it's just. I really only like, have. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say I really only have one other thing I think could possibly be interesting about this film. Is okay. This is obviously not Beverly Hills Cop, right? right. It's it's the notes. It's basically like if they took Beverly Hills Cop with Sylvester Stallone and boiled away anything that was used by Eddie Murphy, and here's right. what you have left is this weird thing. If that movie, though, if these notes and Sylvester Stallone had been added to Beverly Hills Cop, I think he might have actually, no shit, had an interesting movie. Possible. Not made by Canon Group, but like, play along with me for a second. Uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Detective Axel Foley in uh, Detroit. His friend is murdered by some gangsters from L.A., so he takes vacation time. He goes to L.A. and fucking hunts them down one by one right. and kills yeah. them brutally, yeah. like uh, 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 Get Carter. And, <laughs> and he does it with this kind of savage vengeance that you see in Cobra, but you apply it with a budget to Beverly Hills Cop. Right, you take right. out all the comedy, and you just have a guy who's like, you know, look, what was the name of the two detectives he sees there? Uh, Judge Reinhold and... You know, the, yeah, yeah, the two yeah. Bumbling. Billy and something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and he basically says, "Look, you know, you can help me out or get out of my way, but either way, I'm I'm fucking these people up." 
that would be a great movie. That would I be mean, an awesome movie. That, but it would, that has a story and a motivation yes, and a yes, character yes, in it. Because here's the yes, deal: like, okay. there's nothing subtle about Sylvester Stallone's filmic output. Like, nothing is subtle about it. And so, what you get here is just I'm going to do my version of Dirty Harry, and I'm just that's it. You're going to get what you paid for. So then they do the whole thing where they got to get the the damsel in distress. They do like a whole middle segment that's like Halloween two, with Michael Myers stalking her in the in the hospital to kill the witness for whatever reason. Yeah, the hospital <clears throat> that has no night shift. Yeah, no yeah. one works at the hospital at night. Yeah. And like ten um, and like ten people get killed by this dude, the night slasher. And then they move on. They got to get her out of the city to go to hiding. And then there's a dirty cop involved, and that's how they know where they are. And then, like the whole third act is just them getting chased and him mowing down all these people. But here's what and, I and and then it ends as somehow the end of Terminator Two and also RoboCop, or like it, or it's in the warehouse or, with the hook yeah, and the, or Commando. I mean, it's like literally like why does every '80s action yeah. movie end in an abandoned foundry that's somehow still active? Like the fire pits I are think going. It's the same foundry. Yeah. But anyway, so they, <laughs> they just shoot. There. So they do that. But here's the deal: it's like you, you have the the shootout where he's in the back of the truck, and all someone has to do is just shoot the back of an open pickup truck, and he's done. But they all miss. They're like red shirts. They're like stormtroopers. Meanwhile, he's blowing away every motorcycle on the road like he's mad fucking Max. I mean, it's just insane. No, no, no. The baddies actually set up a barricade of burning cars down the road from where the, <laughs> the truck the is. Yeah, yeah, and. They don't have anybody lying wait to ambush you when you stop for the barricade. Yeah, yeah. That somehow that was just there. Uh, Not fuck this movie. So, the, so then but, um, the, tr- the the truck does eventually get stopped by driving in between two things that are on fire. Doesn't get burned by them, and so right. has to come to a complete stop. Well, yeah. I, that that one's I still don't quite get. So nothing happened to the truck, and so that's why it can't drive anymore. Yeah. How? But here, yeah. But here's yeah. what I love is like you do the like the final foundry uh fight like you they set it up and it's like the big you know hero meets the baddie kind of thing but right before the final fight like he literally like douses a dude with like flame like gasoline or whatever and then lights him on fire just like out of nowhere it's like suddenly it's like you're just a stone cold psychopathic murderer dude like you just lit a dude on fire and watched him blow up no that's the that's the that's the Chekhov's gun of the matchstick yeah. getting fired. <laughs> but it's like you set this guy up to be like... No, there was open flame three inches away from the guy when he poured the gasoline, yeah. so it was kind of unnecessary, but... Yeah, yeah. but he's, yeah, but he's I always mean, like, arguing the logic of this film is really picking that shit out of, you know, mashed yeah. potatoes. It's like, there's so much worse going on, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's, but it's just so, it's just so, so stupid. But he, like, straight up just murders this dude after he shot, like, 30 people to death, and then he, like, has the fight puts the dude on the meat hook thing and like rolls him into the fire. I mean it's like Oh my god, did they did they foreground the meat hook enough? Yeah, right. I know, right? Like, right. It's front and, it's center of the frame in every shot, it no matter what angle they're four hook, times. There's a hook. Yeah. Hook. Uh, I mean, the only oh thing god. it needed was like Ron Papil popping out going, I could cook a turkey in sixty minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's just astonishing. And it's so it's so cut by numbers, so like just uh this is your your eighties movie cop movie like cranked to 11 i mean it's just like like brian said it's like i feel like i've seen this before but this is like the biggest parody of the movie i've seen before so so here's the thing like okay there's there's two things i need to call out before we're done one is this inexplicable scene that repeats where 
he's trying to parallel park in LA, and so he just shoves another car out of <laughs> yeah, the way with his bumper. Because he's marrying Capretti. The second time he comes up to do it, and and they move their car because they see him coming. But there was like so much space he could have easily parallel parked if he just parallel parked the proper way. Yeah. But no, he's just that guy. Yeah. Why did they shoot any of that? None of it had anything to do with anything. None of the characters in that scene show up I, in any other context. It's just dumb. It's, it's okay. It's ham handed, but I can explain that. He treated the bully criminal you know, Hispanics, uh, uh, with menace as if, you know, don't fuck with me. And, you know, he's scared off, you know, tears the guy's shirt, walks away. That's their first encounter. The second time mm-hmm. they treat him with utter respect yeah. because he yeah. did not back down. That's so how you, don't you do back it, man. down to these, 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 these ethnics. And it's, if you don't, oh then they yeah. will be, it's like, that yeah, was it, the idea. It's the biggest so, bullshit ever. Yeah. I just, oh, there's so much the, about the, it. The other thing, the other thing I have to call it, there is a scene where we introduce Bridget Nielsen's character. She's a model, and she's in this photo shoot, standing with a rodop robot that has a rodop robot scrotum oh for some reason. Who remembers but, that she was a hottie? Oh, that was fun. Oh, which, she, like which end? Part. She was also Stallone's yeah. wife at this point. Yeah. But, also, but the photographer who who actually is trying to sleep with her. He's I, that's where I was yeah. going. <laughs> David Rage, Sledgehammer. Yeah, it's good time. Yeah, and he's only in the movie. He is the guy who plays Sledge, Sledgehammer, and and my wife is like. Can we just watch Sledgehammer? That's an actual parody of this. Yeah, stuff. yeah. And the <laughs> thing is, like, he shows up for like two minutes, and then he's basically just trying to sleep with her. And then they get attacked in the garage, and he gets axed to death. It's like he actually says says the line when she turns him down for sex. He says, oh, okay, well, don't do it for me. Do it for your career. Yeah. Like this is a thing that that people can say. Which, which yeah. and I, well, but, no, we need to justify <laughs> the fact that he's about to get killed. Yeah. I think that was the idea. We need to make sure oh. he's a bad guy so we don't feel bad when he's chopped up with an axe. Yeah. But, but that also, makes no I sense, see. of course, because we've got uh, all sorts of people who didn't deserve it getting chopped up with an axe. Yeah. So, I don't know. But also, sidebar. Yeah, uh, no, Rando's getting yeah. killed all over the place. But, but yeah. also, sidebar, it's like, and yeah. then Bridget Nielsen, strangely enough, would wind up being in Beverly Hills Cop 2 as the baddie. Or like one of the, one of the baddies. Three, wasn't no, it? No, it was Beverly Hills Cop 2. Who cares? Uh, okay, like the, I can't like the next year, it so it's like all kinds of weird inter- intertwining. Uh, so yeah, it's it's like Cobra's just this weird deal. Like apparently they, it was so violent that they had to cut it back to get the R rating. Apparently it was going to get an X because it was so over the top violent. It's like what? And so you you hear that you're like, well, how could they make it any more fucking violent? Because it's like literally the body count is just insane. They cook a few people. That's what it is. Okay, they cook people (laughs) Uh, alive. Yeah. Well, I mean, you hear a lot about like RoboCop. I mean, I get RoboCop. Like, yeah, you you pair that back because that's that's pretty extreme. But RoboCop is also, dare I say, deft because compared the two, it's like it's almost the same type of film that they're making but robocop does it so much better and is so this, lasting this is like what the fuck this, did I just this want? movie is terrible uh just just, just don't and the, just it's not even it's not even where the hate watch it's not a haha let's well, look at the cheesy 80s movie there are so much better cheesy 80s movies with stupid violence in them that also have like some comedic value like turkey shoot is better than, than this garbage. Yeah. Like I'm just from, from that perspective. Just, like just don't. I'm just this astonished sucks. at how amateurish this whole thing looks from start to finish. It's yeah. like it's like what the hell is going on? And then you got you go through all of this movie, all of the stuff we've just listed, and then their end credit theme is uh, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. 
doing some song called Voice of America's Son, which is like this upbeat, chippy kind of thing that doesn't fit anything that we've seen in the previous 90 minutes. And then Cobra and oh, the girl like a This is just a mid-80s movie. Yeah. The, the parking scenes are all set to the Miami Sound Machine. Yeah. They're just making a soundtrack album. That, whatever. It's just it's like crazy. Fine. But so it's just like, and they ride off into the sunset on a fucking bike that they stole from one of the crazy terrorists. And then that's yeah. the end of the movie. It's like, just like, it's like, what did I just watch? I literally can't remember I, anything. I All would right. love, I would love to hear from someone who loved Cobra, even back in the day, even if you haven't seen it in like forty years. I'd love to hear somebody explain to me. No, no, this is why. This is why it was good. This is what you didn't get. You know? Yeah, really. Shall this, I, shall I tell them how to get in touch with us, Eric? I think that would be a wonderful idea, Brian. Yeah, let's do that. So if you go to our website, maghuge.com. M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. You will find links to our Twitter, which is MagHuge. You'll find links to our Instagram, our Facebook. You can email us at MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. And, yeah, defend Cobra. I double-dog dare you. And (laughs) I also dare you to subscribe to the podcast, share it on your social media feeds with your friends, and rate us on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week with more of this. You missed the opportunity to do that, like,